internet? Welcome to Film Theory, the show that's also having its main character recast. Wubba lubba dub dub, am I right? <coughs> oh. Oh, sorry about that. Had a Lee in my throat. Today we're talking about Rick and Morty. Gotta be real with ya, and all the craziness that was 2023, I almost missed that Rick and Morty came back. But now that I've gotten a chance to sit down and actually binge through the whole thing, I gotta admit that these have gotta be some of the best episodes that the team has ever delivered. Okay, tough problem. Definitely a spicy meatball, but, but we can fix it. Including some huge moments of closure for these characters. Thank you for visiting the fear hole, Morty. Your fear of relying on Rick has been... Delicious. We even wrap up some major stories that previously probably would have been milked for entire seasons. Why threaten? Why not just do it? Because using a weapon like this doesn't get you left alone, Morty. Think I want a bunch of vengeful summers coming after me? Seriously, though? You. Don't come after me. It won't go well. But you know me. Sure, the new season's out. We have some laughs. We shed some tears. But now it's time to do what we love to do at the end of every season of Rick and Morty. Sit down and analyze the season's theme. Look at this batch of episodes and try to figure out what they were trying to tell us. What was the thesis of this year? In case you missed our season six Rick and Morty theories, we charted out that Rick was clearly on an arc of healing. Of confronting the grief that he felt over losing his original wife and daughter and trying to move forward with a new found family. What's more, season six started to dabble with this idea of dissatisfaction where we watch as everyone who gets what they want are ultimately left empty and unhappy, realizing that getting what you want sometimes isn't exactly what you need. Season 7, though, it takes these themes and ratchets them up to the next level. We see the climax of these character arcs about grief and dissatisfaction, and it shows us the consequences of the two ways that you can deal with grief, through good healing and bad healing. And through these stories, I believe that we can actually pinpoint who's gonna be the next big antagonist for Rick and Morty to face in the coming seasons. That's right, loyal theorists, we are in the process of witnessing the birth of the next big Rick and Morty story arc, and it shows us who's gonna be the big bad facing off against the family from the very first episode. Open up your portals, friends, it's time to jump in. Now, if you missed season seven of Rick and Morty, I highly recommend that you go and give it a watch. It provides some of the best episodes of the series, period. But it also gives us some of the most Rick and Morty-esque ideas ever to be put to screen. I'm talking about planets full of people who turn to spaghetti when they die, Rick and Jerry fusing together into one super being, generation-long wars between letters and numbers fronted by by Ice-T himself. But on top of all the fun Adventure of the Week stories, Season 7 also brings together and wraps up some of the show's longest-running plot threads, the biggest ones being Rick Prime and Evil Morty. After spending his entire adult life hunting down the man that killed his family, the reason Rick is the way that he is, Rick and Morty finally are able to confront Rick Prime. And with the help of Evil Morty, of all people, they wind up winning. Evil Morty serves Rick Prime up hogtied on a silver platter and then leaves. And so, of course, mind overtaken by rage, Rick goes ham, killing Rick Prime with his bare hands in a splatter of spaghetti sauce so brutal that it goes well beyond the point of YouTube monetization. At first glance, this seems like it should be the big climax of the series. I mean, the show's bringing in four of its biggest players and letting them duke it out, ending in the death of what's arguably Rick and Morty's main villain. But with the primary antagonist now off the board, the real villain of this series can appear, Rick's emptiness. In the wake of killing Rick Prime, Rick feels nothing. He realizes that completing this lifelong mission of vengeance hasn't really healed the part of him that's been aching. For years, he was given a motivation to track down Rick Prime and kill him, believing that this would be the magical thing that would help him feel better, the magical thing that could potentially bring Diane back. But now, without that target to distract himself, Rick has to sit there with his pain, knowing that he can never really undo this loss. This man, the smartest man in the galaxy who can heal any wound, who has taken down gods, who has brought himself back from the brink of death, now has to confront the one thing that he can't fix, the one thing that he can't just science into submission. And what's worse is that Rick Prime made sure to twist the knife on his way out, letting Rick know that he 
used a powerful superweapon known as the Omega device to erase Diane from the entirety of the multiverse. No matter where or when Rick goes, he can never ever get Diane back. But perhaps the most interesting thing about this episode was its placement in the season. It's episode 5, right in the middle. You'd think that this would be the sort of thing that they would save as an epic climax to the season, but it's not, because putting it there would miss the point entirely. The battle that's the centerpiece of Rick and Morty isn't against Rick Prime. It was never against Rick Prime. It's against yourself. It's about finding a healing for your own emotional scars. The death of Rick Prime in the middle of the season allows the back five episodes to answer the really important question then, was any of this worth it? Sure, Rick got what he wanted, vengeance, but did it actually do anything to heal him? Clearly not in a way that left him satisfied. All in all, it was bad healing. It's surface level at best, it leaves Rick arguably in a worse place than when he first started, and it requires a now directionless Rick to find new purpose. And thankfully for him, he has all the necessary ingredients for good healing right in front of him, his family, and especially his grandkids. In the episode Rick Fending Your Mort, Morty checks in on a clearly depressed Rick and does his best to make him feel better by cashing in his Morty adventure cards encouraging Rick to take him on another adventure just to get him out of his funk. Uh, not right now, Morty. Definitely next week, though. You've been saying that a while now, buddy, so I think I'm gonna give you a little nudge by cashing in a few of these bad boys! And in the episode Wit Kuat Amortican Summer, Rick admits that he respects Summer partially because her headstrong personality reminds him of Diane. I treat you like an equal because I respect you. Remind me of your grandmother. All of this comes to a head in the season 7 finale, Fear No Mort, probably one of the top five episodes this show has ever produced, which sees Rick and Morty discovering a mysterious fear hole in a Denny's bathroom. A hole with the ability to manifest the greatest fears of anyone that jumps inside. Though they initially decide to leave it alone, Morty rushes back in and jumps down the hole, with Rick following after to save him. They both fight off monsters until they're both able to escape from the hole. Later, when they arrive home, Diane appears out of a portal, and Rick and Morty soon realize that they're still stuck in inside the fear hole. Rick thinks it's because Morty's afraid of losing him to Diane. Morty thinks that his greatest fear is watching Rick die. Intent to get them both out of the fear hole, Morty continually faces his fears in an attempt to overcome them, but nothing works, until Rick mentions that Morty is irreplaceable. Come on, you're irreplaceable. 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 This makes Morty realize that this Rick, he isn't real. Rick never entered the hole after him. Morty's greatest fear is his over-reliance on Rick. Finally overcoming this true fear, Morty escapes the hole, awakening to find Rick watching him from the outside. This entire experience is a massive step forward for Morty, but it also winds up showing how far the positive healing has been for Rick. After Morty mentions that he saw Diane inside the hole, Rick runs back to it, and for a moment it looks like he's gonna jump in to try and desperately hold on to Diane in any way that he can, just like we've seen him try to do over and over and over again in the series. But then Rick stops. Instead of jumping in the hole, he takes out a photo of Morty from his wallet and tacks it up onto the wall of victors, people who escape from the hole. It's an act of pride in his grandson. This person who represents Rick's future instead of just always going back to his past. Rick is showing us that he's moved beyond just the empty bad healing that he'd been pursuing this entire time and is starting to work towards true good healing. Deeper healing. For the first half of the season, the show really focuses on the concept of bad healing, touching more characters than just Rick. For example, in the episode Air Force Wong, we see how President Curtis responds to a breakup by hijacking a hive mind, hoping to see his approval ratings hit 100%, because if he can't have the approval of the woman he loves, well, the rest of the United States will have to do. Good president! President! Good, good, good! Ha, I get it now! Wow! What a president! Approval here! President approved! This is the perfect example of trying to use external approval as a method for healing, something that ends up hurting both the person trying to heal as well as everyone around him. Similarly, in the season premiere, How 
Poopy got his poop back, we see how Mr. Poopy Butthole is dealing with the divorce, and uh, let's say it's not going too well. I agree, Beth. I'm a piece of garbage. Instead of letting go of his ex-wife, moving on and creating a healthy new direction for his life to go in to support his son, Mr. Poopy Butthole goes on a bender with Rick and Hugh Jackman, ending up kidnapping poor Poopy Jr. The way he's trying to quote-unquote heal here is by holding on to everything that he lost, to the point that it ends up hurting the people that he cares about the most. Sound familiar? Well, it should. It's what Rick's been doing to the Smith family for the past six seasons. And as you'd expect, this sort of selfish coping ultimately doesn't turn out all that well for Poopy. Yes, you didn't see season four, episode three. Let's go! This is exactly what Rick would have done earlier in the series. Mr. Poopy Butthole is what Rick could have become, but he doesn't because of his family and all the good healing that happens after he kills Rick Prime. You want some proof? All you have to do is look into the back half of season seven's episodes and you get your answer. For example, both those episodes I mentioned earlier where Rick leans on Morty and Summer to positively heal, they come after he kills Rick Prime. In Rise of the Numericons, we see the Alphabetrians and Numericons heal a rift between their people that's lasted for generations, all because two of them realized that they weren't all that different with the help of Rick. I think when we started getting it on, that amulet showed us the truth of our origins. Father! In Mort Ragnarok, Rick starts the episode trying to take advantage of Bigfoot to gain power, enough so that Bigfoot literally wants to kill Rick over and over. But by the end of it all, he finds common ground with Bigfoot and the two part ways on good terms. Why are we at the woods? Time to go on home, big fella. Oh, uh... Okay. You're free! And of course, the fear hole represents the end of that growth arc. But my favorite example that I want to call attention to actually comes from the episode right before Rick kills Rick Prime. In it, we see a miniature version of this entire arc that Rick's on. In the season standout episode, That's a Morty, we see a planet where those who choose to end their own life have their internal organs turned to spaghetti. Yep, that is really the plot, and trust me, they somehow find a way to make it work. Why? How? Their cortisol increases the starch content in their bloodstream, changing their intestines into one long spaghetti noodle. But the most messed up part of this whole thing is that the spaghetti is delicious and everybody wants to eat it despite realizing where it came from. Who's ready for more ethical spaghetti? Yeah, this is so good. Has the parmesan. This ends up turning into big business for the planet, who then encourage more and more people to cut their lives short all for their own profits. Truly, it is a messed up idea, but it's a brilliant commentary on how sometimes we can only see people as numbers, a source for content, feeding on their misery and self-destruction, literally finding their pain delicious so we continue to inflict it and feed off of it. So then, where does the healing come in? Well, at the end of the episode, Rick and Morty broadcast the entire life of an old man, showing his pain, but also his ups, his downs, his loves, his heartbreak, his humanity. And afterwards, no one can stomach the spaghetti anymore. They suddenly see the people on this planet as more than just content. They see the beauty of the humanity in this situation, how relatable it all is, and suddenly everyone is able to heal. As for Rick, it's the seed that's the beginning of his choice to move forward in a healthy way, one that becomes all the more powerful given how far he's come. So, that's everything that happened this season, but obviously it wouldn't be a Rick and Morty theory if we didn't also try to figure out where things are headed to next. And I believe that it all comes down to this little guy. I don't believe it's any coincidence that this season was bookended by Mr. Poopy Butthole. In fact, these episodes show just how far in the opposite direction he's growing from Rick and the Smiths. Not only did we see him try to kidnap his own child, as I talked about before, but in the stinger of the last episode, Mr. Poopy Butthole follows the darkest of paths, killing and replacing a separate Mr. Poopy Butthole from another universe to replace him to live his happy life with his happy family. Sounds a lot like something Rick used to do, huh? Finding a new universe to start over in when everything falls apart in his life, resetting things back to a status quo so he never has to grow, never has to face his own pain. What's more, the series is gonna need itself a new antagonistic force now that Rick Prime is dead and Evil Morty is off the table. Remember when I stole my kid? I stole one of these too. It's all about having a 
achieve it! That is the role Mr. Poopy Butthole is gonna be taken here. In a similar way to how Rick Prime was the Rickest Rick, the person that most embodied the worst of Rick's traits earlier in his life, Mr. Poopy Butthole is gonna become the healed Rick's opposite. Someone who's felt a lot of the same pain, but goes about healing from it in the worst ways possible, hurting everyone around him. He'll embody all the bad healing that Rick himself used to embrace. In the end, Rick's ultimate test isn't his own healing, but whether he's able to teach others, his best friends, how to heal. But hey, that's just a theory. A film theory. And cut.